Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. I'm Wade Brill. On today's solo episode, we're exploring the theme of avoidance. Yep, you heard that A word correctly. Avoidance. Just pause and notice like what comes up for you when you hear that word. For me, I notice this like pulling sensation in my stomach and kind of like tingles up the back of my body and kind of like a little like gagging, nauseous feeling. My mind interprets those sensations as uncomfortable, something stretchy is about to happen, fear, unpleasantness. So I welcome you to tune into your own body and notice your sensations, physical sensations, and what meaning does your mind make up from those sensations. So if we can just zoom out for a moment and notice that the mind is creating a story about our physical sensations, about our emotional response and physiological response to a word based on our past, based on what we know about this word avoidance, maybe based on our relationships, and maybe based on some deeper meaning making that we have created. So today we're going to explore seven different typical types of avoidance, how they might be showing up give you an opportunity to maybe notice in your own life where some avoidance might be showing up and we'll explore how we get to work with it in a more supportive way. So let's settle in and let's get centered. So what is avoidance? The basic Google definition of avoidance is the act of keeping away from something. Psychologist Michael Wetter explains that avoidance, when we talk about avoidant behavior, avoidance is this attempt to minimize or avert perceived threats, danger, or anxiety. So when we think about it, all of us humans, no matter who you are, avoid to a certain degree. And avoidance is is part of life because as humans, we are wired to move towards pleasure, right? We seek pleasure and we move away from pain. We don't like pain. We don't like suffering. However, suffering is part of life. And this is one of the things that having a meditation and mindfulness practice really helps us cultivate and has helped me cultivate is how do we be with suffering? How do we be with the uncomfortable moments of life? Because our natural tendency is to want to run, to hide, to numb, to change, to ignore, to distract. I wanted to talk about this theme of avoidance because I think it's a very present issue in the new year specifically as a lot of us might be reflecting on the past and thinking about what we want to be creating in the future. And so we're taking this time to observe, to get to know, to reflect on our behaviors our actions or inactions, and we probably have noticed that some avoidance has been there. I know I have. I can look back on the last few years and recognize that there's been this pattern for me of avoiding writing. When I talk about writing, I'm reflecting specifically on writing my book. I've done a lot of writing in my newsletters and in blog posts and in other spaces, but Staying committed to my writing practice and creating my book has been something I have been avoiding. 
as you're reflecting on your vision and your intentions and your goals for the new year, I really welcome you to get real with yourself. Like take yourself out of this delusional, I'm perfect bubble and really look at yourself in the mirror at the things that you want to be changing and the behaviors that you want to be taking charge of. When we wake up to these patterns in our life that are no longer serving us, sometimes they are serving us, but when we kind of analyze what's really actually serving us, we can start to rewrite and reignite being in the driver's seat of our actions. A really exciting thing that we get to remember in our human psychology is that most of our behavior traits, most, not all, but are learned. They are not hardwired within us, but because of the neuroplasticity of our brain, we can train ourselves to think and do differently. I was inspired by a conversation I heard on a podcast, the Mel Robinson podcast. She was interviewing Dr. Ferrari, who is an expert in procrastination, and he shared that procrastination is a learned behavior. It is not based on our genetic traits. And sometimes we use these excuses to rest back, right? We say, oh, this is just the way I am. This is the way I was born or this is the way I was conditioned. And that might be all true and we can still learn. We can still have a growth mindset and take charge of behaviors that we want to be changing. Now, is this shit easy? Hell no, right? If this was easy, we would all be able to do it in a snap of the fingers. It takes work. It takes intentional work. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes focus. And a lot of the time, it also takes reaching out for support, whether that's working with a therapist or a coach or somebody who's really going to support you digging into the deeper beliefs and helping challenge the ways that the neurons have fired and connected over the years and creating new structures, new grooves in the brain that will fire differently. And in order for those to start to fire differently, it's about repetition, about continuing to practice over and over and over again and over and over and over again until we're building new grooves in the brain. I wanted to share this research and some background and how we can deal with avoidance in a more supportive way because my heart just aches for the human spirit to want to feel whole and complete. And a lot of the times we let our fears hold us back from what we desire most. And when we can rework some of those belief systems and manage the fear in helpful ways, We can learn to meet our needs, meet those desires, make them a priority and how much more fulfilling life feels, how much more aligned and connected we feel. And then we have this energy, this spirit to give more to the world. So it's not selfish to want these things and to make that a priority because when we do feel more filled up as a human, We feel unstoppable. We feel the superpower of endless giving and love. And we all know our world needs more of that. So as you're thinking about your year ahead, maybe it's you want to be dating more. You want that healthy, loving relationship. Or you want to start that new career path. Or take that leap to starting that side hustle. Or 
You want to feel healthier in your body. You want to build more transparent, loving relationships. Whatever it might be, right? These are all beautiful desires that we have in the world. And I ask you, you know, what are you doing? And I ask this from a very loving, curious place. But what are you doing to support yourself going after those goals? You know, what are the actions that you are doing? Because life doesn't change if we don't take action. And that's something I think that can be misconstrued in this like spiritual world that a lot of us are dabbling in or curious to it to be in you know I just get to like manifest what I want and it just appears but that's not true we have to put in some action right we have to put in some action that is connected to our intentions to help move us forward and to also help the universe show that hey we're showing up we're ready we're really committed to this vision that we have for ourselves so maybe you say you want to be dating and yet what are you doing to be dating? Are you putting yourself out there? Are you on the apps? Are you sending letters to friends and family saying, hey, keep a eye and ear out for somebody to connect me with? Right? What's the action? Or do you notice that there's more of a fear holding you back? There's a freeze happening Something internally is preventing you from taking action. So as I mentioned, I'm going to share seven different thoughts, beliefs that typically are below the surface that hold us back from taking action, that allow us to be in this avoidance pattern. And when we can start to identify those deeper beliefs and thoughts, we can start to challenge them. And that's really the seed that we can start to change so that it can ripple into our ways of taking action. These seven are shared in no particular order. The first way is maybe there's some performance anxiety. Maybe you notice that you're being held back from whatever you want to achieve because there's this feeling that you won't be able to perform at this high standard that you have for yourself. And so because there's this fear that you won't be able to perform at this high standard, you end up avoiding the task at hand because you're afraid to meet that failed sense of performance. Instead, in some other ways, this could also be a fear of success. Like you might have this fear that you're not able to meet this expectation of success that you have in your mind's eye. Another typical belief that can lead to avoidance is a lack of confidence. So there's somewhere deeds of self-doubt that are present, that are creating insecurity, that might be preventing you from being able to take on the tasks or to take responsibility. Somewhere there's this thought loop of, I, I can't. Right? This lack of confidence that I can't handle whatever this is. Another reason avoidance might be here is a lack of motivation. There might be a lack of drive or desire to do the thing. And this is a really interesting one because when we're not 
clearly linked up to why we want to be doing something, this lack of motivation can be really strong and create some avoidance. And sometimes it's coming actually from a place of wisdom because it's not an intentional desire. And so reworking and exploring, well, huh, what would make it feel more motivating can be really helpful connecting to that deeper why. Another biggie that I'm sure you can relate to, I can relate to it, is this fear of failure, right? This fear that I won't be able to live up to the expectations. Um, So very similar to the performance anxiety, but this idea that like I'm going to fail, I, you know, for me, this comes up a lot with writing my book, like can I actually create something that people are going to want to read and enjoy, right? And I'm attaching the sense of worth to this outcome. And so this fear of failure of like, oh, my worth is attached to the outcome really gets connected and that can prevent a lot of avoidance. Another biggie that, again, I'm sure we can all relate to is just not knowing where to start, right? Not knowing where to begin sometimes creates a huge sense of avoidance. It's tied to the next one, which is also feeling overwhelmed, right? When there's too many things going on, too many responsibilities, like so overwhelmed by our schedules, you don't even know how to create space for it. That's very common. And this place of not even knowing where to begin, maybe the project feels so big, again, like writing a book, that you don't know where to begin. And so you don't, that freeze happens. This last one is also tied back to this lack of motivation, but maybe you're just noticing the thing that you're avoiding isn't actually meaningful or enjoyable. You're finding it hard to find a sense of engagement Right? to feel like it's actually forwarding enough or motivating enough to make it a priority. I'd like to pause right here and just share that there is no quick fix for any of this. There's no magic pill you can take for managing avoidance. It is work to understand what's at the root of each person's issue And I say issue not from a sense of you have a problem, but from your specific situation that you're navigating, the goal that you want to be working on, the behavior that you want to be engaging, the deeper beliefs based on how you grew up, how you were conditioned, it's all connected. And this is where the gift of introspection and self-reflection come in. When we get to just even notice, hey, I'm having some avoidant behavior here. It becomes a huge insight where we can then start to work with and challenge and explore what's actually holding us back. When we can get in patterns of avoidance, it can actually create a lot of anxiety for ourselves. In some cases, it might even lead to some depression in people. So some questions that I welcome you to sit with, journal with, take a walk with. First, bring to mind an area of your life that you notice there's some avoidance. So maybe it's at work. You notice there's a coworker that you've been avoiding. Maybe there's some uncomfortable confrontation that's happened. 
and you just haven't wanted to face them and clear the air. Maybe it's a certain project, like a personal project or a side hustle that you've wanted to start or a hobby you've wanted to look into. Maybe it's been your meditation practice or avoiding your movement practices, getting on that mat. Whatever it is, bringing it to mind in a loving, gentle, curious way. Not judging the self, not creating more negative self-talk. And just gently asking yourself, like, huh, why am I avoiding this? And see if one of those seven factors or fears or beliefs start to come up for you, right? Is it this fear of failure? Is it the lack of motivation? So just starting to get curious. Maybe collect a little data, like, huh, how long have I been avoiding this, right? Is it just been the last few weeks because life has just really felt crunched with time? Has this been a few years, a few months? Again, getting curious, like, huh, how does this avoidance make me feel? For most of us, we'll notice avoidance might have a present in the moment, a present positive experience, right? Because we're avoiding the discomfort of facing whatever it might be, the writing, that uncomfortable conversation. But it typically has more unpleasant effects afterwards, right? There's a continued feeling of like, oh, I'm not doing the thing that I say matters. Or, oh, I have to hide and make myself feel smaller so that I'm not interacting with this person or pretending this conversation doesn't matter. Next prompt is maybe exploring like, huh, how does this avoidance affect my life? Right, really getting clear on like, how, how is me continuing this avoidant behavior affecting my life, my relationships, my energy? Start to notice the impact. And then asking yourself, what would it be like if I didn't avoid? What would it be like if I did the thing? You know, if I wrote my book, if I had that conversation, if I did my meditation practice, what would life look and feel like? And ask yourself, why is this important? Why is this action, this behavior important to me? reconnect to this why your values and this is so essential because when we understand more of our values it helps us take action it helps us kind of cut through some of the clutter in our mind to take action and sometimes we actually need to go deeper and peel back the different thoughts and beliefs that we've been holding on to to find some healing and ability to move forward. When I've done this exercise exploring, you know, when driving was a thing on my list to do, like I really was like, I'm going to be a confident driver this year and making driving a priority, I would notice avoidance happen all of the time. And for the listeners that don't know, I'm a born and raised New Yorker. I got my license when I was 19, but never really used it. And so here I am later in life trying to flex this muscle of driving when there's a lot more fear. There are a lot more stories in the mind that I have to work with. 
And so when I've noticed this avoidance show up, you know, when my husband's like, hey, do you want to drive or do you want me to drive? I've been like, uh, you drive, right? Because I feel that tension, that fear in my body, and it just feels more pleasant to avoid. So I started to recognize that pattern. And I was like, okay, this is not helpful because the more I continue to stay in this avoidant pattern, to deflect taking action, to deflect being out of alignment with what I say matters, I am going to feel more and more stuck, more and more power is given to the fear. So I'd recognize that uncomfortable pulling feeling of nausea in my body and I would say yes. I would say yes to the fear and I would recognize it was going to feel more empowering on the other side. Even if I felt tremendous fear and discomfort in the midst of it while I was saying yes, while I was sitting in the driver's seat. I definitely had various times where I was in the driver's seat, my husband was in the passenger seat, you know, we were driving through a tunnel over a bridge or doing something for the first time and I felt like I was going to have a panic attack and just how working with that, calming my breath down, relaxing my body, staying focused on I am a capable driver, I am safe, you know, asking him for support or questions where I needed it. Those were all ways to help me build my inner resource to be able to face this fear. And the more and more I would say yes to driving, the less scary it became and the more empowered I became. And, you know, this fear of failure was very present and the fear of failure was very real right like being in a car is kind of a life and death situation or it can be right it's dangerous if you are not paying attention so the fear had some validity to it but I didn't want it to be overpowering me keeping me small holding me back from the life that I want to be living which was being a capable, confident driver, to be able to help my family, to be able to participate, to be a adulting human. Exploring this avoidant behavior of writing my book, I've worked with it in many different ways. It's has felt, you know, some of the deeper beliefs around it's felt overwhelming, right? This big project, this big book, like having to think about where to start in the midst of that, to fear of failure, to lack of confidence, that has all popped up. And I have had to work with that on many layers, hiring my own coach, my own book coach to help me think about writing for writing's sake, right? Taking the power back so that I'm not resting my attention on the outcome of what's going to happen on the other side, but instead I'm staying connected to the expression of writing, just the pure gift that writing is. And that has changed my relationship to my writing practice tremendously. So I'm not attached to the outcome. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this going to sell a lot? Am I going to get an agent? Right. I'm, I'm not getting wrapped up into all those overwhelming thoughts. Instead, I'm just staying connected to the action at hand. So as we continue to mindfully step into the new year, this new calendar year, I welcome you to explore some of your avoidant behaviors and get curious 
and see what you can learn about yourself. And maybe you recognize you can actually work with these avoidant behaviors on your own. Or maybe you recognize, you know what, I I need help. And that's okay too. It's okay to need help. Because sometimes we get in our way and we need outside perspectives to help challenge ourselves, to help us think differently, to even reflect back some things that we don't know or we're not seeing that are in our blind spot. In my personal coaching practice, I have clients that typically experience a lot of anxiety and when we work together, we really get clear on what's behind some of that and a lot of it tends to be because there's some level of avoidance happening because they're not doing the thing that they want to be doing. They're feeling out of alignment. Usually they say like they don't feel in in their skin and part of feeling in their skin tends to mean they're doing the things that they say they want to be. They're feeling that sense of empowerment. They're saying yes to their life. So we get clear on what are the things you want to be saying yes to and understanding what's holding you back, right? The limiting beliefs, the fears, the thought patterns that hold us back, the thinking tracks that keep us small and limited and learning how to work with those in a more empowering way so that the anxiety is not the thing in the driver's seat. It might still be there, of course. We can't fully eliminate anxiety in our life, but we can change our relationship to it so that's not controlling us, not holding us back. So if you are somebody who's interested in gaining some support, I am opening up a few one-on-one coaching spots this quarter. And if this feels like a fit for you, I welcome you to sign up with the link in the show notes for a connection call. We'll have an opportunity to get to know each other, get to learn about what you want to be working on, and make sure that we are a fit for one another. So if that resonates, I welcome you to sign up and help you feel empowered to create the life that you want to be living because the time is now. Let's stop avoiding. Let's stop restricting and holding ourselves back from what we say matters. Let's take charge of life and let's say yes to ourselves and this beautiful one life, one body we get to live in. As always, thanks so much for listening to the Center in the City podcast and having me enter your ears, your heart, your mind. I hope you found this episode insightful. Take a moment to share it with somebody in your community. And if you are interested in joining the virtual intention setting party, there are a few spots left. So I welcome you to check that out in the show notes as well. We'd love to have you. It's such a fun workshop to do some mind mapping and reflecting on what we want to be creating in 2024. Thanks for being here. And until next time, stay centered.